0: I keep saying this and it might not be the most civil and professional of me but you can really tell which judges are better at writing than others when you try to read decisions <laughs> out loud. Sometimes the opposite, right? Like the whole thing is one giant run-on sentence with a bunch of fragments. Like that's for a very different audience than mm-hmm. a decision that's easy to read the whole way through.
1: What's love got to do, do this. What's love, but start- a Welcome to What's Law Got To Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig.
2: And I'm 3L law student Felicity Redan. Felicity. Richard.
1: How are things today?
2: Things are not so bad. Not so bad.
1: That's all? That's all you have that's to say?
2: All I, that's, okay. Well, I mean, our listeners won't know this because this will come out in a while, but we're in the like mid of the semester right now. So I said not so bad, but what I meant is I spent my whole morning writing summaries, so pretty bad. Oh,
1: yes. You ignored me, by the way, because I sent you something and I hadn't heard. I thought, oh, Oh, Felicity actually must be busy, must be busy. So today's question for you, Felicity, I'll give you a softball one because it is midterm time or actually prepping for final time. What's your favorite ice cream? A strawberry. Oh, that was too quick. You didn't even have to think. That was easy. No. Okay, good. I was ready. That's your question. That's your answer. All right. So on to what's more important, which is our guest. We have two guests today. Unusually, we don't normally have two guests. So hopefully, this will work because it's all being done by Zoom. But I'd be. I'm very happy to uh, pass it over to our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. Zach, why don't you start off?
3: Well, I'm Zach Battiston. I'm a graduate of Windsor Law. I'm actually still in Windsor, I'm doing my articling down here. Um, That's really all there is about me before we get into the podcast, but
1: I like the law, it turns out. Who would have thought? (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, And Carly.
0: Yes, uh, I'm Carly. I also went to Windsor, me and Zach are in the same year and also coincidentally, we are friends. Uh, I was supposed to do my articles in Toronto, but we are permanent work from home for now. So I too am still in Windsor. Me and Zach live probably about a mile apart. So (laughs) we haven't actually seen each other, I don't think, in person since COVID started, or it's been a very long time, but we talk to each other all the time. So yeah, I live in Windsor with my husband and that's about it.
1: Great, so that is good. And uh, before we get into why, we have two guests, both from Windsor We have to ask the usual second question. I'm gonna reverse the order. So Carly, what is one of your favorite law-related TV, movie, podcasts, what have you?
0: Yeah, so I'm an older law student. I like to say I had my interim years before I went to law school. So I'm an 80s child, which is very weird because now almost all children in law school are 90s and or about to be 2000s children. So as a child of the late 80s, I love Law and Order more than is feasibly possible. And I personally prefer the Lenny Briscoe years. So seasons like four through eight, I think he's on. So I love him to pieces. Uh, Jerry Orbach was also Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast, which is a fun fact. I like to tell everybody. But yeah, Law and Order had a very large impression on my life, which comes up constantly with our stuff because I'm... Constantly disappointed at how TV continually
2: lied to me when
0: I was growing up, but that's my favorite.
1: (laughs) That was great. Great answer. Very thorough.
2: I love it. When people have really, really specific answers, like, yeah, I know 37 up, (laughs)
1: Uh, Zach, what
3: about you? Um, Okay. So I'm going to give a quick shout out to my favorite legal podcast, The Docket by Michael Spratt and Emily Tamman. If anyone hasn't had a chance to listen to it and you want to stay up with criminal law and politics, it's great. But equally as important is my favorite movie, and it has to be A Few Good Men. Because I think it's one of the first movies that's law-related that my mom let me watch with her. Because my mom's a court clerk, so she tried to steer me out of law for a very long time. As you can tell, it worked out, hence why I'm here. But um, I can't handle the truth, and I love the acting in that movie. You have
2: to say it in in the, the way, though.
3: I don't want to like shout through the mic, that's oh, the only okay. thing though, like I, I can't be Jack Nicholson as much as I'd love to, I don't have like that tough gravelly demeanor that he has as a uh, US Marine Colonel.
1: I could try, but oof. No, you have a very smooth radio voice. So stick with that. I think that'll work. That'll work for you. Felicity, I'm going to hand it over to you to ask yeah. how you how, how this all came about and what it is they do, these two oh, wow. strange guests of ours. <laughs>
2: Well, it's rude of you to call our guests
1: strange. (laughs) Well, you know, I (laughs) strange that we had two, Um, that's all. That's the only strange part.
2: We could do some revisionist history here and say that the reason we thought that this was a good idea was because Adam was so bad at doing his readings. um, And Adam, like all other law law students, just don't have time for it. Um, And we have found, dear listeners, this fun little thing for you so that you just don't ever have to do your law school readings ever again. Um, So Zach and Carly, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your project?
3: Sure.
0: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, So the basic gist is that we provide full audio recordings of legal decisions. For now, we're just doing decisions, but we are branching into other um, public legal education content as well. That's sort of an ongoing process. But for now, we do full recordings, like top to bottom of legal decisions so that if you need, if you're on the go, if you're a student who commutes, which in COVID times isn't that <laughs> apt, but uh, if you are someone who commutes or you need to do the dishes, but you still need to read, you can just listen to the case instead.
2: And I have to say, I, I discovered it. Somebody sent it to me and it was like the day that I had just said to somebody, I wish that I could just have an audio book of my textbooks, so I didn't have to read them. And then all of the ones that I found on your feed were cases I needed to read. So uh, can confirm it's very helpful.
1: <laughs> that,
0: it's good. We, I mean, we want to be helpful. That's mm-hmm.
1: our, that where, our overarching what, goal. What was the origin or impetus for this? Was it something oh. like that? Or was it more that for the general public, you wanted to have these it's, cases? of Our
3: origin story is, it's great because as two law students from Windsor, Carly and I probably spend, I'd say 75% of our time on Twitter on law twitter because we love to interact with the profession out there but um i remember carly did you send me the tweet that effectively somebody said why can't i access cases and the only way i can listen to cases is through siri and i mean Siri's just a robot so siri won't pronounce the words right or mispronounce names and stuff like that so really it just kind of kicked off from a tweet and like it's kind of funny like that's it that's all that we needed for the impetus to get us started
2: And when did you, was it in your 3L year that you started? Oh God, no,
0: no, so please, I'd have died. No, we were, um, it was the summer, like we were both just sort of getting into bar prep, I think was about the time. So we were just starting to get into bar stuff and I I wanted to do something that wasn't studying for the bar because I I had had quite enough. Uh, And so I saw that and I was like, oh, this would be a good idea. And Zach's like, yeah, that really would be a good idea. And it sort of just went from there.
1: And so you, yeah, so you, you but you do more than just read out the decisions. There is a little editorial content at the beginning, right? So that means you have to do a bit more work on your own. That's true. Yeah. We do like to
3: editorialize because Yeah. I don't know. I think if if you just read cases then that really doesn't separate Carly and I from Siri other than our smooth smooth radio voices, <laughs> but I think the little bit of editorializing at least for me kind of gives the cases a little bit of life because, you know, we just went through the law school process, so we're just kind of bouncing our general thoughts off each other as you would before or after class, kind of thing, is how I always see it.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely more work if a case is suggested that neither of us has read, right? Because lots of them, we both read them. We were in a lot of the same classes. We remember learning this stuff. It doesn't take that much prep when it's something we're super familiar with. The problem is, is when we get something that's suggested and we'd never, never heard of it, never read it. So now it's, and especially sometimes we'll record the intro before we've recorded it so we can go in with not neither of us really being familiar so then we actually have to do background research on the case and read it and find out what it's all about and all that stuff so that can take a lot of time but yeah it's definitely been interesting i have found i've learned a lot about the law that i didn't know just from doing all the recordings which is neat
1: yeah well so Mm -hmm. one thing i i constantly say this as a prof for especially in first year now it may change in upper years but i still think the vast majority of people do not read a full decision you don't right and so but you are reading out the entire decision so automatically you learn something about nuance and and just the the way a court works i think differently when you when you become more familiar with the full text of a decision don't you think
0: yeah and even the way the decisions flow i keep saying this and it might not be the most civil and professional of me, but you can really tell which judges are better at writing than others when you try to read decisions <laughs> out loud. 17. No, it's because yeah, yeah. sometimes you're trying to read something and it is impossible to read out loud. Like it takes five, six, seven takes to even get the sentence because the syntax is so unclear. And it's like, this isn't a very well-written decision. And it's, you know, if something's easy to read out loud it's a much more accessible decision. And you can tell certain judges are really trying to use accessible language. And that's not something I don't think you would ever get from reading like an excerpt. It's something you get when you sort of see the whole flow and how efforts were made to make it understandable for regular everyday people. And then sometimes the opposite, right? Like the whole thing is one giant run on sentence with a bunch of fragments. Like that's for a very different audience than Mm -hmm. a decision that's easy to read the whole way through.
2: So. And I've noticed that you've got some older cases in your repertoire there. I wonder if you noticed the difference as well, like in the more recent years of the court that they're more accessible or absolutely. Is that something-
3: yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing. I've also noticed that um, sometimes some of the more lower court decisions from the Ontario court of justice or the Ontario superior court of justice, I find that the judges, or at least the more recent cases that I've been reading, are a lot more accessible than especially when compared to some of the older Supreme Court of Canada decisions. Because as Carly said, the the writing in some of those older cases, when you say it, it doesn't make sense and you'll trip over your words. And I'm sure Anthony's had me read the same sentence like eight times and stumble and get frustrated where I've needed to like walk away from the recording for a couple of minutes, which is Anthony's fine. my
0: husband, by the way, he's oh, okay. the yes, person who edits engineer. the whole show. Yeah. He's our audio engineer. Sorry. Yeah. Well,
3: Important to note. <laughs> yeah. We're super thankful for him. but, um, yeah, back to my point. It's you, you can tell, I think we've seen at least in my experience, a more of a transition towards more clear English than what we used to have.
1: That's interesting because I, I you know, I read quite cases for a living and I, I don't know if I've noticed that, but that's because I'm not doing it the same way you are. You're kind of working through them one at a time in a very systematic way. And so you'll notice those sorts of things, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah and I don't think I'd noticed it when I just read them, right? Ooh. Like there's something about trying to say it out loud that really pinpricks holes in the sentence because it just doesn't make sense. Like you're reading it and you're just like, "Ugh!" and then you have to go back and be like, that wasn't the point. And the break was supposed to be here. It wasn't supposed to be there. And I still think you get that when you're reading it. And it's something you really do pick up. Like I, as, as someone who has recorded all of Uber and Heller twice because the first (laughs) recording was bad. um, It's something you definitely pick up. And even within the same decision, like it was much easier to read the, majority opinion in that decision out loud than it was reading the dissent i found the dissent almost impossible (laughs) to read out loud it took forever just because the sentences are longer and so like when you're reading it like not saying it out loud that you wouldn't even notice you just kind of keep going but when you're trying to say it out loud and the sentences are that long it's not meant to be said out loud right so it's much harder yeah Yeah, Yeah. you run out of air
1: yeah run out of air where do you breathe where's the yeah where's that's that's how how are the cases chosen is it a democratic uh, <laughs> poll or your own what we like
0: <laughs> yeah we pretty much record whatever we want based on our own interests but if anybody wants to get anything recorded all they have to do is ask us and we will you know we'll try to make it happen obviously some cases are much easier to get recorded than others like if you want us to record like a 400 paragraph constitutional law case. That's going to take quite some time, but mm-hmm. we definitely make an effort. Whatever people who listen want to hear, we make an effort to get it. But in terms of what I pick, I just go on old syllabi. I go in through the stuff I read in law school and see what I find interesting and what really stuck out to me when I was a student. That's how I'm really picking it. And I think Zach is like the same or just asking counsel at work and stuff.
3: Yeah, a lot of mine are work-based. Um, like I read Antic solely for the reason of I work for an agent of PPSC. And so we do bail hearings and I may do bail hearings as the an articling student there. So I need to know Antic inside and out. So I thought, what better excuse to read Antic than I have to do it for work anyways.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a perfectly good reason,
3: I would think. <laughs>
2: yeah. Can I ask, I don't know if this is uh, looking too much behind the curtain, um, but can I ask how long it takes to record? I mean, obviously it's going to Depend on the decision, but like, what is the process of that? Zach, you mentioned oh, man. You, like, step away and stuff
0: forever. Um, so it depends. <laughs> so you have to remember, it very, very much depends on who is writing the decision. And this, I just recorded. We're uploading it this weekend. That's what my husband's doing right now. Fraser in Canada, like the recent Section mm-hmm. 15 decision. Hey, Richard, and I don't have to read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I the the majority is up. We're just working on the other two. But the problem is, is I had forgotten that you know. Justice Abella writes very short paragraphs. Justice Cote writes very, very long ones. So I looked at it. I'm like, oh, you know, Justice Cote's opinion's only 30 paragraphs. I can get that done in 20 minutes. No problem. Half an hour tops. No, it took like an hour and a half because they're so long. And so it's like, it depends on the judge. It depends on the case. Just for a good example is Uber and Heller. So that was six and a half hours of a raw record that got edited down to three parts that were I think each an hour give or take like an hour and a half or so so yeah it's a lot and sometimes you have to it just takes like four, five, six, seven takes at a sentence because sometimes your brain just doesn't like it and that's usually when I'll take a break and I'll just be like okay I'm leaving this for today and I'll save it and whatever and then I'll come back to it another day me and Zach usually record I mean I record in the exact same place every time so it's easy to double the sound like it sounds the same so yeah. it's usually not that noticeable
3: yeah the same thing for me too i um i just did the queen enduring the trial decision by justice pomerantz and i did that over three days and i did about 45 minutes of recording each session but i record in the same space at relatively the same time of day so the noise isn't that different yeah. And the other thing I noticed is like I'm stretching up my recording more now because now that I'm at work and I'm in court, I talk a lot more and I don't want to just strain my voice beyond what I can handle because I can't be a very good um, agent for the federal crown if I can't talk. So, <laughs> yeah. You'd I'm be trying surprised to find how, the balance.
0: Yeah, how much it hurts your voice to have to like, I mean, I have no any training in anything. So it's like, I didn't know how to breathe when you're talking that much, like consistently trying to hit an even tone. So it's been sort of a process over the last couple of months to sort of get into your recording voice and maintain the cadence of your voice. And I talk very fast. So with me, it's like constantly telling myself to slow down because especially when I really like the decision, I'll start to go faster and faster.
1: I was going to say, Felicity, uh, if these decisions are as long as Carly makes them out to be, you you must have a you have to have a pile of dishes because <laughs> it's gonna take <laughs> it's gonna take a long time to listen to an entire case like Uber or Fraser.
2: I find them really, at least I mean, if anyone is interested in listening, any of our listeners, I would suggest it because I find them there's very easy to listen to. So even though it might take six hours to record, it is not. It's a pretty quick listen. And I listen to all of my podcasts on 1.25 speed because I have no patience Um, and I have noticed that both Zach and Carly's voice, it sounds good at 1.25 speed. So if anyone is like me, they've got you.
1: I was going to say, you you say you had no training, but you're, it does sound really professional. I have to say far more so than our podcast in the sense that, (laughs) (laughs) no, but you have, you've worked out a kind of, as you say, a cadence or it's, and it's pretty good. It seems like you you're you're like you I guess you get a new appreciation for those actors that do audiobooks or are you know dialogue for an animated movie for instance because it's a lot like Mm -hmm. that right
2: yeah do you ever wonder I have I guess one more question about just sort of how it and you you mentioned Zach that you were playing around with it with how much you're working and everything are you finding that just the process of reading the decisions and then also speaking them is helping you with your work and sort of like your legal writing and maybe submissions, if that's something that you're doing right now.
3: Yeah, I definitely find at least reading more of the cases and reading cases that aren't just necessarily areas that I am or have knowledge of, or just talking about them with Carly. I find it actually helps a lot more in just my general framing and understanding of legal issues. I am of the opinion that the more cases you read, the better you are at issue spotting because you learn how the bench issue spots and how they determine what legal issues are. And so I think that has really helped. And I think on the flip side, reading some of the longer cases actually has improved my writing to be more straightforward because in 1L and 2L, I kind of fell into the trap of trying to write like the bench. And I don't think that's necessarily the best way to write going into practice, especially When I find that language hard to read. So, how, how is, why should I reproduce language like that? Why shouldn't I work to improve my writing to be more accessible in more plain English? Because when eventually one day I get to see my name on Canley for a case that I was (laughs) the, the federal crown for, I hope one day I can, I can dream. I hope that I was able to submit to the court plain English as opposed to something that's a little bit more convoluted.
2: And then if they don't like it, you can say, "Look, I know. I I read all. <laughs> I know. I know better than
1: you." <laughs> yeah. Do you have you? Um, I think on your website you asked if there's anybody interested in guest reading. Have you had any guest readers yet? Oh yeah. Okay. We've had I, tons. I, yeah. I haven't not listened to all of them, obviously. Yes.
0: Uh, we did a week there where we had a lot of them. Like, I think we did five or six in a row. We've had a couple people read more than once. And it's, I don't think people quite realize how long it takes to do this. So people will volunteer thinking that it'll be some, you know, a very easy thing they can sort of just do on a Sunday morning. And they don't quite realize, one, it takes, it can take a long time. And two, it's very frustrating to listen to yourself mess up the same sentence like over and over and over and over again. So especially for law students who tend to be like perfectionist people, you have to sort of get over it to be able to do it. And so that's been the biggest barrier. It's like once people sort of realize that this is how it works, we tend to get the recordings, but we've got, yeah, I'd say we have probably 25 people who are working on recordings now that they just, it takes a long time and they're trying to work on getting them done.
1: Anybody from Osgood that you know? We should get it. We need to get some law yes. students to help you. Please out. do.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: <laughs> we love If it speakers.
0: helps, I told every student law society of every school in this entire province about the project in September. So they all know if the information wasn't relayed to you. They
3: all know about it. (laughs) They all ought to have relayed it.
0: They all ought to have relayed this information.
1: Well, this will just be another source of really relating as well. Perfect.
2: We're doing the the work for the people. Yeah. We can do a a crossover episode of sorts. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah to do with it uh reading if you like
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. d- dude you, we welcome everyone <laughs> and anything whatever you want to read i d- literally it's for the people so yep. if someone yep. wants to read some very obscure weird thing that only you are interested in that is awesome please do that
2: i like it's that you want met carly before and she's like you look like the kind of person who would want uh no <laughs> it's
0: honestly it's if you don't care about the thing you're reading you can hear it like mm-hmm. it sounds bad. Right. So, like, you need to actually oh. care about the decision, yeah. or it's going to sound very boring and it's going to be a bad recording. Like, you have to like it or at least be very interested. And then it comes out in your voice. We, have, I got told, who, yes, it was two weeks ago, Zach on our call. I got told I had a very animated voice. And it's like, I have it. One, I, I'm like this all the time, but two, I'm animated about the stuff I read because I pick things I like, right? So it's easy to sound excited when you are excited. So yeah, we have people reading all sorts of stuff that I personally would probably never read for fun, but like they're so excited about it, it makes for excellent audio.
1: Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. So Felicity, you can read that favorite contracts case that you mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. But it is
2: one
0: of
1: those super old ones. So I don't- and is it English? It should be Canadian, right? I assume that- cases should be Canadian. no lord denning cases on your
0: oh what i mean we still learn lord denning so yeah. if you want to read lord for denning students, yeah knock yourself out
1: yeah go for it
3: we'll, yeah. we'll basically we'll my- read or have anything yeah uh, we'll get we just can say get canada because like we're canadian yeah, yeah that's okay. the only reason we picked canada for now but uh i think we may have something coming from south of the border carly mm-hmm. Yes, we. That's that's a little teaser. I won't say more. Yes. Okay. That's
2: in progress right now.
3: Ah, Yes.
1: A U.S. case. Great
2: yes so listeners if you want that you have to go subscribe to legal listening yes. i actually don't know if we said the name of the podcast oh, so. oh <laughs> well, no it wasn't, that, that's listening.
1: true that, wasn't it their job to introduce oh, their, their own probably podcast? <laughs>
3: i i'm a big fan of burying the lead so i think this was a very smart play
2: <laughs> is that something you learned yeah. with reading the decision a
1: little bit yeah a little bit yeah well, so I wanted to ask you the trick question I was going to ask you is our podcast is supposed to be a lighthearted look at law school, which means it's really not supposed to be about law at all. But we have you on as guests and you're, you're this is a very serious project and it, ha, it it's doing a lot of good work, I think. So how I guess the question is, how do you how do you make it lighthearted just to end us <laughs> off here? You almost Zach did, you go first. Oh. Okay.
3: I think, I think <laughs> one of the ways that makes it lighthearted, there's two things. So the first thing is um, I have always treated the law as very serious, but I don't take myself too seriously. So when it comes to recording, and uh, Carly can attest to this, I will stumble through a word, and like my voice will twist a little bit, and I'll put on a little accent, and I'll go on a little tirade of pretending to be Sean Connor. Like, I can't read, just shunt and And I get that's, that's how I get my frustration out, right. In a lighthearted comedic way, because sure I could get upset and frustrated and mad, but if I make it funny, I can kind of walk it off, do it again. And then Anthony or Carly gets to hear me do something ridiculous. (laughs) And the, uh, the second part is it's nice that, um, Carly and I are partners on this because we can both talk to each other and we're both so excited to talk about it when we have guests, when we have new case ideas, I think those two things make it fun for us as opposed to it being more of a, a very serious, hard working endeavor. We
1: kind of keep a positive sheen on it. Great answer. Carly, you don't even need to add anything, do you? Oh, no. (laughs) It's so,
0: yeah, I'm, Zach knows this because Zach knows me. I'm a very unserious yet serious person. So I tend to, first of all, I'm only going to do things I want to do. So that's that's like, I think it was a privilege of coming to law school as a much older student. It's like, I'm not going to do something I don't want to do because i I am Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon and I am simply too old for that and I'm not going to. But things I like, I tend to put a lot of animation and passion in them. Plus I'm like this like all the time in every interaction, work or otherwise. So I try to take that to the podcast and you know, we've recorded some really, really heavy stuff. And this week we released Mira um, in Alberta, which is an extremely heavy, upsetting decision. But I'm at the point where it's like, you can approach things in a way, first of all, I think it's important for people to hear some of this stuff just generally. And two, you try to create an environment where you can listen to things that are difficult or heavy or upsetting, but in a framing where you can put it where it belongs and still move through through the law in a way that keeps you passionate and lighthearted about the law because burnout is very real and very serious and plagues the law like nothing else. And so if you can't approach things in a way where as Zach said, you're not taking yourself too seriously, I think you're gonna have problems. So we try to keep it as lighthearted as we can while still sort of emphasizing the serious bits where it needs to be serious.
1: Uh, what, what else can we say, Felicity? That was a, those were both fantastic answers. I I think you know again I, I I'm not going to speak for you, Felicity, but I also have the same kind of view on life. I I think you have to you have to have a little bit of lightheartedness and and levity in your life, or you will burn out. And so that's kind of what this podcast does for me. Hopefully for you, Felicity too. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, except when you give me hard questions on the spot. But oh. for the most part, yes. So I think that was a great note to
1: end on <laughs> yeah thank you so much two of you uh, so th- that, that podcast is called again Zach we are legal listening and I'll post the uh, the site on our notes and uh, thank you so much both of you for for uh, being here today thanks for having us
0: yeah thanks for having us <laughs>